This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm back with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello, everyone. Caps fans, we've got an incredible episode, as always, for you. Um, we're going to be doing a little lamenting, I think, on this epi uh, when it comes to actually just uh, what went down t- in last week. Uh, you know, we didn't finish the, the week strong, but ultimately had some things to improve upon, I believe. So <clears throat> I think we should jump right into it in our typical Monday episode. Polly, what do you think? Let's do it. One. Two, three. All right, sick. I didn't even have the sound. Somehow my sound bite got closed, and I just kind of rolled the dice on it, and it worked. Um, so, uh, Caps fans, some really great news, especially for our American li- viewers and listeners. Um, the United States junior team won, national junior team won gold in world juniors. Let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> Huge. Uh, hasn't been done since Cri- fucking Chris Kreider was on the team. Remember that guy? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's been a rough couple of last tournaments to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, glad to finally see the boys bring it home. Right. And I believe JC, John Carlson, was also on that team. Are you, you sure they haven't won more recent than that? They got one more recent, more recent than JC? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, either way, he's, I'm pretty sure John Carlson's a, a world juniors gold medalist. So, yeah. in any case, in the here and now, hell yeah, let's go. Team USA actually absolutely stomped Sweden in the, in the final game for the gold. Love to see it. Lots of controversy around it. And, Polly, I think that's going to be your segment on Snack Time with Polly Cupcakes on Thursday. Am I correct? You are correct. Good stuff. Good stuff. I might as well plug mine uh, at the top of the episode here. I am going to talk about Spencer Carberry, good and bad, and see, you know, where we land on this. Just have a little discussion. Just going to ask some questions, you know, talk, talk, and uh, see where we where we end up. So We're just asking questions, America. I'm just, I'm just asking questions, America. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I say that in the full irony of being a complete douchebag about it. But yes, I will be, you know, let's, let's talk about Spencer Carberry. You know, there's a lot of hype around this guy. And, you know, is is it warranted? Is it not? Who knows? Who knows? Let's, let's, let's get into it. Um, another thing, though, that's happened, uh, PWHL continues to, to rat, to, to, Tredge on an incredible crowded, what is it, XL Stadium there or XL Energy Center? Is that what it's in Minnesota? Uh, yeah, are they playing at the at Minnesota's rink? Yeah, the Wilds rink, the NHL rink. And they, they from what I saw, sold 13,000 tickets. Yeah. Uh, for that arena, that's sizable. That's probably the amount of people that you would see at any NHL game. Yeah, it set another record. Um, yeah, I mean they're breaking records every night. Basically, every time they have a bigger stadium, they're selling more tickets. Right. Um, it's kind of crazy that 
some teams are going to play in an NHL arena and the other, a couple other teams are playing in ECHL size barns, but either way, uh, big barn or small barn, they're going to have good atmospheres and, uh, so far they're delivering pretty good product for the fans. Absolutely, man. I've seen some highlights and they look fucking sick. I mean, this is good hockey being played. Um, you know, obviously it's a little bit different, but not really that far off. Uh, the skating is, is incredible. I mean, it's there. Um, the big thing, I, saw, I mean, and now that you bring up some are going to be playing in like an ECHL barn versus a NHL barn, Polly, which barn would you rather see them in, uh, ECHL or an NHL barn? Well, I mean, I, I guess it depends on the type of crowd. You know, if if it's if they're not going to sell out an NHL arena, I'd rather have a few less thousand packed in because. I mean the you know an NHL arena when it's rocking it's rocking yeah but um you know we talk about our hometown minor league team the Nailers and West Banco Arena holds five and change and even when it's not sold out that place can be pretty rocking um you know and watching college hockey which usually have 4 or 5000 seats those those size arenas that's quite an environment. And I guess my short answer is I want to see them play where they're going to pack the stands because I think the environment is important. And if they're not going to consistently sell out NHL arenas, I don't think they should push it. They should wait until they build up the fan base a little more and have the atmosphere in the smaller places and work their way up. Yeah, I mean, atmosphere was, uh, I think, on point, top tier uh, in in their last record-setting event. Um, You know my answer, I'm sure. It's going to be small barn all day, baby. I want to see them in the shittiest shithole. One single bowl. That's where you get the real hockey experience. People, like, you know, just having a good time, straight up, non-painted. You walk into a, a hockey arena... And there's no paint on the floors. It's just cement, like smooth cement. Yeah. Yeah. You know you're in for a good time. You walk in and it's just smooth cement around. Yeah. On the concourse and stuff, like no paint, no fancy vendors, nothing like that. There's a beer guy and then there's like two or three food vendors just slinging slop. Yeah. That's what I want right there. Cheap beer, you know, amped environment. That's that's the raw experience for hockey. Uh, But also I'm partial, you know. My first experience with hockey was not the NHL. It was juniors. Uh, so I love that kind of gritty atmosphere and and just how invested the fans are when compared to kind of an NHL. You know, you got to be like, you know, you're you go to an NHL game, you kind of have to like be presentable. <laughs> you, yeah. If you if you screw around too much, you may get arrested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> those bigger cities. Yeah, you have. Um, you're not getting the same people there all the time in the big arenas, you know, because people right. can't afford. Not as many people can afford to go to as many games and stuff. Whereas the places with smaller barns, it's like the same people are coming. And I guess this is to your point of them being more, more invested. You know, I feel like uh, <clears throat> juniors and minor leagues it's a lot of the same fans all the time. And that just adds to the atmosphere. Right. I mean, I believe that I'm a ride or die caps fan, 
but if I were to put my fandom up against any person who's like a five-year-plus season ticket holder for a junior or ECHL or AHL hockey club, I don't know if I'd be able to, to hang. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, they would know so much more and be like just so much more, in, like you said, invest in it. And I think that definitely translates into the ridiculousness of the crowd and the environment. And like, you know, when you when the NHL, when you score, it's a huge huge sound system craziness right they they encourage the crowd to go crazy but you know people are kind of more sub i feel more subdued when it comes to uh junior like those lower level the smaller barns man you're gonna hear a guy in the eagle's nest just you know get off your knees ref you're blowing the game and then an entire section just erupts in laughter you know that's the shit i live for yeah yeah for real that's uh that's the beauty of it. Right. Exactly. All right. Well. So anyway, back to the PWHL. Yeah. Three points in a regulation win. So this is, I think, the way they do international. And I believe college, some conferences follow this format. Basically, this would eliminate people being upset over an overtime loss point. Um <clears throat> Which, it is flawed, because before there was overtime, it was a tie point, and both teams got the same result, so it didn't really skew things in the standings. So, I guess I can see that point of view. I think it'd be cool if the NHL adopted this system, because it would shut up a lot of people. Yeah, and I mean, basically, so back in the day, the NHL used to end with ties and each team, it would just be done. There was no extra time. TV, TV time is too fucking important for this shit bum, lower tier, major, quote unquote, major sport in North America. So they were just like, boom, no more tie, like ties, just the, you, you get your slot, you're done after the end of it. And each point, each team walks away with a point. Um, but now, like you said, you know, the winner of the overtime, whether it goes OT or shootout gets to the loser gets one. So while you say it's a tie point, it truly is a loser point. And then adding the three points for Rego when is like a bandaid to fix, like you said, the gripe in the bitch of a team could li- almost literally go 500 and maybe limp into a playoff spot, like literally not win a single game. It is mathematically possible. I believe to not win a single game and still make the playoffs. Wouldn't that be some shit? I don't know if that I, I take that back. That would well, give you eighty-two points. No. I don't know. Maybe it maybe it is. I think you're I'm probably about ten points off. But let's say it's like they won ten games and the rest they tied. Or they, you know, went to OT and lost. Yeah. So it's a reward for winning in regulation. And I think yeah. that's fair because you're not playing real hockey past regulation. And and I don't mean that in time standards. I mean that in the game changes three on three, then it's a shootout. It's basically a carnival after the, you know, after the real hockey ends, it's like, well, let's, let's up the stakes folks, you know, like let's make it more exciting. Right. Uh, which I don't really think that hockey needed to be quote unquote more exciting, but you know, we're trying to appeal to a lot of different people here. So, uh, I like it. This is something cool. Um, and you know, Hey, I, I, I admit I saw this on Chicklets, uh, but 
you know, I think I agree with uh, Biz Nasty's take there when it comes to, you know, I mean, think that it it could be a cool pilot, you know, if it works here and crowds that are of, you know, close size, you know, 13,000, dude, that's, that's like you said, our arena only holds five, six. Yeah. And it's bigger than Mullet Arena. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, good. I, I love it. Love it with the PHL is done or the PWHL. I'm sorry. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. Retweet. Retweet. <laughs> All right, let's move on to injuries. We've been, we've really been just off the rails pontificating today, but I hope you guys like it. Everybody listening. Uh, let's talk about some injuries. We'll save the best for last or the not the best. I'm sorry. I should, there's no good injury, but, but as far as the, uh, the most impactful here, uh, let's start with, um, uh, Ivan Marishnichenko left the bears after taking a hit Saturday night. I don't, I'm not sure if there's an update on that. Uh, but Polly, did you see the play? Um, yeah, I think I did, but I forget what happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> did it look bad? Yeah. You know what? Hold on. I'm, I'm going to pull up real quick. Cause I think it was on uh Russian machine. Not okay. that I want to give them a shout out, but, uh, <laughs> They, yeah, so he went, um, it didn't look that bad. I mean, he was carrying it to the red line and I mean, the defender made contact shoulder to chest, shoulder to arm. He fell flat on his back. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he hurt his head when he went down. Yeah. Is what made because honestly, it didn't even look like that big of a hit. But he also right. he had his head down looking to get the red line and dump, and he wasn't ready for it. So, um, I don't know an update on him, but uh, you know, see, yeah, gotta be aware, man. Um, well, we wish him the best, obviously. Uh, what happened to Phoenix Copley? Well, we talked about a couple weeks ago. He went out hurt uh, with a lower body lower body injury at, at practice, um, and I believe this is the same one. Um, but he had an injury with his ACL, and he's out for the season after having surgery. So, <clears throat> you know, most likely, I mean, it's a tear, an ACL tear, the biggest, yeah. the biggest boogeyman in sports, really. Um, so yeah, he's done. He's with the Kings still. Yeah. He's with the Kings. He, um, you know, he's playing pretty well. And like we talked about last time, he had a big season last year Mm -hmm. and, uh, tough to see. Yeah, definitely wish him the best. And then the big one that's hit headlines is Bedard with a broken jaw against, uh, New Jersey Devils, Brendan Smith, who's just stepping up after Bedard crosses the blue line and, and laid a big one on him. Uh, Dude, I, I don't think this is a dirty hit. I mean, I think that the primary point of I mean, as the rule book's written, as the rule book's written, I don't think it's a dirty hit. I don't think it should have even been a uh, been a penalty. Obviously, you're going to go after Brennan Smith, who can hold his own, and you should go after Brennan Smith. Here, I think is is the Chicago Blackhawks team, but um, and they did, but you know, this play didn't look bad. You know, kind of an innocent check. Guy got cleaned out. For sure, but a broken jaw, I definitely didn't see. Yeah, I mean, 
when I saw the replay, all I thought was, oh man, he got caught with his head down. Um, it looked like a clean hit to me. I, I don't know if the jaw broke on contact or hitting the ground, but if, if it's on contact, really the only thing there is I think it was a different, uh, a height difference is what caused that. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, as uh, Brandon Smith should be accounting for that, but also, I mean, when you drive somebody through the body hard enough, their head's going to snap forward. Yeah. Should you be penalized based upon that? Uh, which the, the, essentially boils down to hitting too hard. Right. No, you should. No, I don't think so either. Um, I don't know, but our, keep your head up, kid. I hate to say it. I hate to be that guy. No, I don't. No, I love being that guy, actually. But fucking head up. You're through the middle. Um, you know, you're going to get hit by guys who are huge and, and incredibly athletic like you're in the NHL. I think that that's something that uh, he's got to learn. And who knows? I mean, guys have played with wired wired jaws. Um, would love to see Bedard come. You know, and I know that this is probably something that's like considered toxic about hockey, but I would, lo- I would love to see Bedard come back with a broken jaw and continue this incredible rookie year. Yeah, I mean, I uh, as long as he can figure it out and you know with it wired shut and a having a bubble on and you know seems relatively safe, <clears throat> he just might want to keep himself out of these situations. I I wouldn't hate to see it. You know, he's a, he's an adult, so if he decides he wants to do it, then I support it and I would be on board. I, I'm rooting for him, not his team, but. I like the yeah. kid. He's fun to watch. And, sure. um, you know, the only thing that you got to worry, uh, the biggest thing you got to worry about with a broken jaw is you could drown if you throw up. So, yeah, uh, that's something. I mean, because you never know. You, you exercise hard enough, you puke. You know, that'd be, I think I'd be more worried about that than like re breaking my jaw. That is. I think that says a lot about you. More about you than this injury. <laughs> How you know, often do you I puke, Polly? <laughs> you meant that as an insult, but I didn't. I, I don't think that's negative of me I, because I'm, I didn't mean it as an insult. I, I was just saying that I think that it says a lot about you rather than the injury here. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't puke often, but okay. you know, once once that option's taken away from you. Oh yeah. Start. Well, you. So this is when you take something away, you need to do it. Then is what you're saying. Or well, yeah, it's like Murphy's law. When you had, when you had the freedom to do it, it didn't matter. <laughs> but as soon as, as soon as it's gone, you know, it's like, it's it's the whole principle of like. Uh, it's not that I wanted to go. I wanted to be invited. Okay, fair enough, Polly. Who hurt you? But <laughs> other other than me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but Holy also shit. a little bit of Murphy's Law, I would say, right. too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, you know, obviously they're going to – I hope Chicago puts kids' gloves on this and handles it well. You know, if he doesn't want to come back or if, if it's even a possibility of a problem, keep him on the bench. Why would yeah. you risk your best, best asset in a decade or more on this, right? Like, you know. You're yeah. not going anywhere. Chicago sucks. 
yeah, this is not the season to push it. If <laughs> if not, like, the the only thing good here will be PR and him possibly winning the Calder. That's right. all they can get out of this. That's true. Yeah, the whole Calder thing, you know, that's a big thing. And I'm sure he's got bonuses involved with that. So uh, he's probably, you know, looking for something, you know, along those lines and financially. But I hope that there's good people around him who are advising otherwise if it's going to be a risk. Um, yeah. What about the biggest injury? One of the, one of the, I guess maybe the second biggest injury is, did you see that fan fight, Anaheim, and then the dude in the Truba jersey? I... Yeah, I did. That was insane. <laughs> like, All right. Look, I mean, it's shitty to laugh about it. No, it's not. Fuck it. You know what? I think it's hilarious, dude. You fucking start, first of all, fighting in an NHL arena is dumb as shit. Why would you do that? They had, they, it was like, but it was four guys like piled around this one guy, like gang beating him. It looked like, I mean, or at least trying to get some licks in. At least nobody was giving him the boots. But... This big dude grabbed this guy with a beer in hand, and I believe it was a Mick Ultra, Mick Ultra in hand, big Mick Ultra, and just kind of one hands this older, fatter, much less athletic, which he found out later, gentleman away from the pile and was like, just get the fuck off him. And the guy, you know, wraps up. He just, he's, he's energies at an all time high for this 65 year old. And he's like, you know, he's fucking ready. And he, he swings at him. He tries to give him a right cross. The guy just kind of shrugs it off because he's overpowering him already with one hand. As soon as that, and I don't blame Truba Jersey guy. He comes in and goes, you just, you know, after he got swung on, he immediately just took action and he dropped his beer, grabbed the guy with his right with on the chest with the right. And then, Outside leg sweep, outside, you know, leg trip back and just drives this guy so hard into the ground that he knocks him out. If I, Polly, if I ever get driven into the ground so hard that I get knocked out, like, I expect you to never let me live it down at best. And at worst, just fucking, you know, I don't know, take me off life support. Just fucking kill me, dude. That is fucking embarrassing. Getting fucking hit to the ground so hard after... Trying to fight somebody, you know, in this situation, this guy started this, right? I mean, this guy is responsible for throwing the first punch and he just gets absolutely dummied. Dude gets knocked the fuck out. As soon as this happens, the guy on the (laughs) the camera pans over, the guy on the ground getting fed, who's like turtling on his back, trying to like defend himself. And then the guy who's trying to punch him, everybody just stops and looks over and everybody else, and everybody else is like, oh, Guys, look it up. I mean, it's one of the cleanest KOs I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty cut and dry. Um, and you're right. The the Truba guy was he was trying to just de-escalate the whole thing, and you know uh, you you don't want to mess with you know the the gentle giant comes in. And he's just trying to keep the peace, and then you piss him off, and shit happens. Well, I mean, you know, obviously- the guy, Truba was in, like, an athletic stance, pushing him off with, again, one hand, his left hand, which seemed to be his offhand, um, pushing him away from the pile. And, you know, he's squatting down. So I think the guy turned and was like, this guy's my size. Little did he know, he's probably, like, six inches bigger. And just, fuck you, bro. And, like, you know, Randy Marsh 
tries to go for the right cross as hard as he can and just puts himself completely out of position and then just gets absolutely dummied. Uh, Anaheim fan totally deserved it. Hope that there's no serious brain damage or permanent brain damage, though I think there will be. But uh, yeah, fucking hard L there. Um, it's kind of like fighting guys. If you play ice hockey, it's kind of like fighting guys in roller hockey. This is this is the result. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would know right. very well. Hey, 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 easy, easy. All right. Well, you know what? Speaking of fighting, Caps fans, you should be fighting for some money on DraftKings Sportsbook. We know hockey... The hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sports, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything on happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Tons of lines available, all sorts of parlays. You're going to love this app and the opportunity. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, an app now with code THPN. New customers can bet Five bucks on in the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill and Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Avoid in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL season are registered trademarks. The National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Polly, I think that we should, uh, you know, talk about the Washington Capitals. Give the people what they want. We've been blabbering on for about 30 minutes now. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, Caps fans. Well, a little bit of a roller coaster of a week. I feel like that may be the new the new uh, moniker or my new tagline: roller coaster of a week. Because we just cannot get it together. But before we do have some really exciting news: Tom Wilson to the All Star Game and is going to be a father. Him and his wife Taylor have announced. Now that is wonderful. You know they're already great parents of that cute little dog, <laughs> and now. They're going to create a super baby between their Stanley Cup all-star NHL dad and uh, Olympic mom. I mean, come on. Yeah, volleyball, right? She was a volleyball Yeah, I think player. it's beach, beach volleyball. Oh, my God. Tom Wilson dates Which is a harder. Or, huh? Beach volleyball definitely got to be harder. Yeah. Um, Playing in the sand and only one other person. Right. Yeah, and I mean – I mean, what, I mean, Tom Wilson, of course he's married to a beach volleyball player. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. So congrats. And, um, well, I guess the good thing is I think she's retired because can't imagine two professional athletes trying to raise a newborn. That'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've, you know, I think that, um, They've settled down a little bit, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure that they're going to be in D.C., uh, you know, doing that, and good for them. Yeah. Love seeing Caps babies. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and just today, Ethan Bear's baby was on uh, was on TV or on, on Instagram and, and on Twitter. Uh, 
his uh, bear cub was on the back of his Caps jersey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's cute. And his wife was there, and and you know, Ethan Bear's a young guy, but uh, apparently already has a family. Did you see the TikTok I posted? I I, I did the uh, the Caps in the seventies, like the idea you shot me. Oh yeah, and uh, Ethan Bear looked pretty good. Good looking guy. So did Tom Wilson. Imagine that, St. Thomas. There's a reason he's a saint, I had, folks. I had to redo Ovi's, though, because it did this weird thing with his tongue. He was like <laughs> <laughs> I kinda I kinda feel like that was that would have been legit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um a little bit of a more sadder and possibly news I mean, kind of conjecture only. Um or speculation, if you will. Uh, T.J. Oshie went back to Minnesota for some treatment. He's been out since December 17th. Uh, first listed as a lower body injury is now an upper body injury. I mean, name a part of the body in which T.J. Oshie is not injured. Uh, just with his tenure with the Caps, not to speak his old, on his old NHL career. Uh, pretty sad news. I mean, I don't know what's going on, obviously. But uh, I wish him the best and... You know, hey, maybe just being back home is is what they need. You know what he needs, and and if it's going to be an extended time off, why not go go back home? I think that if he was a younger guy, maybe he would have been expected to stick around with the team. Um, I, I've, you know, I think that this may be a trend across the NHL with other guys going home. You know, whether it be a signal for the end of the career or whatever, no one knows, and it's really not fair for us to speculate on that. But, um. We're going to just a tiny bit because a lot of people have been saying like, well, just TJ Oshie should just retire. We should just retire. Uh, that's dumb as shit. Why would TJ Oshie retire when he can sit on LTIR for another year and continue to make the money in which he was promised via contract being signed several years ago? Right. I don't think people understand like what retirement means for an NHL player. And that means that you forego the contract. The contract becomes mostly null and void and you the the team loses rights to you and they don't have to pay you because they've lost those rights yeah i think uh people need to understand that ltir hurts no one except for the owner's pocketbook and who gives a shit because they're all billionaires right fuck them you know i mean i like ted you know ted leo insists i like that what he's done with the washington capitals I think he's a proven business leader when it comes to making a, a professional sports team profitable. But listen, Big Daddy Teddy, he's got the fucking money. All right. He can fucking pay a few million to an athlete who's at the fucking twilight of his career who also delivered him a, the first Stanley Cup in his franchise's history. Yeah, right. Like I, I didn't mean it as a shot. I was just saying. I did. Literally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's no downside. So people – right. You know, instead of saying he should retire, they should just be saying, I think it's time he goes on LTIR, you know, yes. like understand the business aspect of it. Right. And then on top, but on top of that, you know, with this conversation, we're totally negating the player's desires, right? And I think TJ Oshie has proven time and time again, that he thinks he's got enough in the tank to continue a professional hockey career. When healthy, I agree. Uh, though, you know, he plays a very physical brand of hockey, uh, and he has his entire career. He's made millions of dollars on it. 
I don't think that TJ Oshie needs to, I don't think that TJ Oshie should be, you know, I've, I've seen people on fucking Twitter. I was got on like a, a comment thread with a person that said free lunch, TJ Oshie number 77. I, you know, took everything to, for me to restrain myself and be polite on, on the nastiest app, uh, in the world. But, you know, that's just a fucking dumb fuck move. You know, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's just, that's just ill. I think that your aggression is pointed in the wrong person there. (laughs) Honestly, there shouldn't be any aggression anyways, but I think that, uh, you know, just kind of ill, ill pointed, uh, kind of comment there going on LTIR helps the Washington Capitals. If you're truly going to be out for, you know, I think it's 10 games. I think it's 10 games. Um, if you're going to be out for 10 games, like just take the LTIR, the caps get cap hit. And then it could be a hundred games, you know, it could be 10, could be 200 games. Uh, Osh, Osh, babe, Nikki, get that money, dude. You were promised that and you deserve it. You know, uh, we malign uh, in the past I've maligned teams for paying for past performance so this is something that always happens in the NHL it's cup tax you know things like that what we've talked about uh, with the Washington Capitals who have proven to be to this point an incredibly stand up organization you can't take care of a guy giving him one more year for free or the rest of a season for free like and it's not for free this guy you know when I say free, I mean, he's not playing games. He's not practicing, but you know, he's out there working on his own. He's a professional athlete. You have to trust that they're going to do everything that they can to get better. Nobody wants to be hemmed up and hurt for the rest of their lives. Right. So, right. You know, stop with the fucking dumbass retirement takes on injuries. You dumb fucks. It's not fucking, that's not how it works. That's not how any smart person would handle it. The only reason that anybody retires is to go get more money in the, in hockey. And that's usually involves KHL, whatever. Um, there is no such thing as, as an unhappy retirement in in the NHL. So get your shit straight. Exactly. Boom. All right. Let's talk about the Carolina game. On the 5th, the Carolina Hurricanes came to D.C. And I thought in the beginning, Caps played a pretty even period, though Carolina had more chances on net. Dowd did open up scoring halfway through the first off a nice play from Nicholas Abe Kubel to draw two defenders while receiving a dump in and, and just dish perfectly to Dowd. This fourth line is absolutely cooking this week. They've been good all year. Uh, and, and the Washington Capitals, luckily, ever since Jay Beagle and, and you know, DSP and, uh, you know, they've been they've been just a, such a uh, stalwart piece of the Washington Capitals now. You could say that it's easier to find good replacement level players, and it is. But we have our good replacement level players. And honestly, I think that the Washington Capitals have an incredibly good fourth line, and it just hasn't been showing up on the score sheet. Up and, you know, it's streaky, right? In the beginning of the season, they were doing really well, and then now they had a couple weeks where it was quiet. But now they're 100% back on their bullshit, and I love it. Uh, Dowd's, I mean, you know, I think people really sleep on Nick Dowd's finishing ability. I think he's one of the best finishers in the NHL when it comes to fourth line centers, man. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> this goal was beautiful. I mean, he had so much space and time. He had the wherewithal not to just smack it towards the net. He made yep. the goalie commit and then found an opening. I mean, it was 
Tons of patience too. He waited, 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 and then just sniped. You know, he he went across the entire mouth of the of the goal and some. Yeah, love it. Good on Doubter. Nice play from Nicholas Abekubel to draw that attention, take the hit, get make the play, and and execute a nice dish. Uh, I'm liking the fourth line uh, during this during this uh, game. This is Dmitry Orlov's first game back, if you remember. He went to Boston. He was traded to Boston for some assets. Boston didn't uh, re-up him at the end. He became a free agent and then got signed with Carolina, as this, as deserved. You know, the Boston, it's crazy to think that Dmitry Orlov is that piece that Stanley Cup contenders are fucking fighting each other over right now. Yeah. Um, and that's why I wanted him to stay on this team and was very sad. So... Orlov tribute during his first game back in DC. Uh, did you do? Did you know he was a cap for eleven years, over eleven years, and then with the with the organization for fourteen overall? No, I had no idea. It seems like yesterday, man, that, that this guy Dmitry Orlov was back and he looked fucking good. You know, he was he's up and, and looked good. Yeah, he looked real good. I mean, I think he didn't he create a goal right after his tribute. Or he, maybe he drew a penalty right after his tribute. He did something. Right yeah, and then he tribute. scored an empty netter. Yeah. Yeah, the empty netter was nice. It was. And he was wearing the full face shield. I'm wondering, he's probably had a face injury or something. They're trying to nurse back to health. But, uh, you know, uh, this is how I know I'm getting old, dude. You know, uh, of course, during the tribute, they pay, they played the amazing Duchesne hit when uh, Duchesne was with uh, uh, Colorado. I just I miss Dmitry Orlov. Huge physical presence. I, a single tear fell down my cheek during the tribute. Uh, one of the best homegrown demon to come through the cap system in a long time. Even though he didn't get the credit I thought he deserved, uh, I do remember listening to a podcast once that said that if you had twenty three Dmitry Orlovs on your team, you would win a Stanley Cup every year. And that's not an overstated statement. No, I mean he played a. Uh played a very he still does a very well-rounded hockey game i mean very good defense but as they showed in the video he scored some very big clutch goals and handsy goals you know i love the mix of his physicality offensive talent a big booming shot from the blue line and you know better than you'd think hands that would surprise you on a lot of plays uh overall you know good for him going to carolina and getting that chance at boston you know he's making almost $8 million a year for the next two years? Good for him. Absolutely. I fucking love it. So, miss you, Orlov. And and that's the bill that the Washington Cap... I mean, he may have taken seven and a half from the Caps, but that's, you know, that's a lot of money. You know, that's almost JC numbers there. Um, I I like it. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy that he's he's able to, to go out and do that. Uh, with three minutes left in the first, though, the Caps drew a penalty and actually scored on it. It was John Carlson, Ovi, who one touched it to Strom alone in front. I mean, this is a beautiful tip in play. Ovechkin knows, I mean, I don't know. He just doesn't think he has the time, which I agree. He doesn't have the time to wind up a big one. Um, and just kind of one touches it over to Orlov. Uh, it looked like it was planned. It looked like that was the play. Uh, this play gave John Carlson his, his fifth uh, assist, a huge benchmark. Which he did four thousand games played. Very, very nice. It's five hundredth. Yeah, what'd I say? Five, <laughs> Fifth. 
fifth. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 500th. Sorry. It's 500th assist career wise, uh, <laughs> which he did for a thousand games. You know, I mean, John Carlson is going to go down as the best defense in Washington Capitals history. Wouldn't you say? And I think a lot, a lot of Twitter is going to hate that, but yeah. they're wrong. But, but Twitter's filled with mouth breathers and fucking idiots. So, you know, we're on Twitter. Duh. Yeah. Point <laughs> Anyways, this first period ended up ended with the caps up two nothing. So while their play was middling and, you know, even with the, with the hurricanes at this point, uh, we come out two on top. This should be quite, you know, this should be, we got them right where we want them, you know, uh, at this point, but the second started with some caps chances, but around the five minute mark and Brent Burns score on a solid four check play from the canes, uh, Caps defenseman literally falling asleep, two of them in front of the net. Burns is a, a sneaky player. He can read the play well. I think that's really his his biggest uh, attribute, uh, his most positive attribute as a hockey player is that he's smart. He knows where to go and when to go and uh, has the finishing ability to, to get those shots in close. I mean, good for him. You know, at this point, though, after the Burns goal, the Caps are absolutely shitting the bed. Uh, can barely clear their own zone through the halfway point of the second. They did start to counterpunch, uh, you know, that saw Mantha and Protoss opportunity. I think that the best was the patches uh, opportunity on a Strom, or was Strom to patches on a 2-on-0. And, you know, basically it was a bit of a turnover. Strom in the neutral zone, Strom skates in, patches is over to the left. Nice dish from Strom, good one-timer, and just boom, right off the crossbar and out. Tough to see from, uh, but I mean, when when that shot happened, I was like, who the fuck was that? And turns out it was Max Pacioretty, who's a, a cat. Yeah, he's he's on our team now. And, I mean, what a great shot. Love to see that it's still there, obviously. I mean, I don't know if you can take that away from somebody. Some of that stuff, just like Ovi's shot, is is absolutely, uh, if you will, natural. Uh, you can't teach someone to rip a puck like that, that's for sure. Uh, you can try as, as best you can, but but some of it's just kind of how it, how it develops, man. So, love to see it. Unfortunately, it didn't go in. The Caps did get out of the period, retaining the lead, but they needed to have a third, a, an incredible third. An incredible third they did not have. The Caps had a, a great few first minutes. Uh, then Orlov came barreling down, left it behind the net for a pass in front for a backhand jam played by Jarvis from no angle that leaked through Kemper. I think that's what you're talking about there, uh, Paul, earlier in yeah. the show with Orlov creating. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I was getting my timeline mixed up, but uh, you and I were texting about this. That was um, that was that was a weak one. That that's one Kemper needs to have. It's tough, man. I mean, I understand that there's a little bit of a mix up behind the net, but uh, he it, it sh- the Jarvis's shot went through him. I believe it was above the left pad and under the le- under the catching mitt. Um, just ugh. Now, you know, the D wasn't there, but that happens. Uh, it seemed it was a no angle play. Uh, I hate it. I hate to see it. Um, brutal, brutal. All right. We won't, we won't rip on Kimper too much because he, he did not play completely terrible and he's our number one and really our only option at this point with Lincoln out. 
Uh, it did get worse, though, as Beck took a penalty off the faceoff uh, a little bit later in the period, which the Canes scored on immediately. And then in a tantrum, Evgeny Kuznetsov took a penalty after the goal was scored and tripped down bunting. Um, the Canes also scored on that power play uh, for Burns' second of the game. That, and and just so many more goals that happened. Um, throughout this, there was a uh, empty-netted shorthander. And then Ponomarov scored with Kemper back in late in the period and late in the game. That ended up being six. Six unanswered goals and a two-goal lead blown. Unacceptable. Yeah, that's... um. Well, this is pretty much what you were expecting when you tweeted about in the Penguin game that we were going to shit the bet. Yes, exactly. And even if we would have scored first in the four in the first, like we did against the Penguins, it wouldn't have been a help. Discipline here was a huge thing. You know, Beck Malenstein's goal or penalty is that play that he does happens a hundred times in a hockey game. The stick just broke. You know, right off the right off the face off, yeah. you clamp down and you broke a stick, and that's an automatic call. The tantrum. That's the type of shit I'm sure that drives a coach up the fucking wall. Uh, yeah, you just and, and everyone really. I think the fans as well. You just can't do that. It's undisciplined. It's you know you give them a shoulder maybe, but even a shoulder after a goal is a penalty. There's no. It's not a hockey play. There's no hockey going on. You know you don't right. do that. And uh, just. I get Kuzi is frustrated and, and he's a passionate guy, but at the end of the day, you, you just can't can't be taking those type of penalties. Um, you know, I've said it before, the Caps are always entertaining. Whoever the opponent is, the Caps will always give the opposition a chance, no matter the score, no matter the opponent. And here we saw it. Um, the Ponomarev guy who scored at the very end uh, with Kemper back in is a fucking rookie in his first game in the NHL, and he dinged the Caps for a goal and an apple. Yeah, good night for that kid. Yeah, congratulations, bro. Uh, Protus, though, on the other hand, you know, let's look for the silver lining here. I think Alexei Protus had three great chances this game but couldn't bury, which sucks for him. He works so hard and does, like, an amazing job creating space, uh, retrieving pucks, creating plays. He's got a ton of assists on that second line. Uh, the previous, also known as previously known as the third line, he's now on the second line with McMichael and Mantha, and on the second PP, which totally deserved, I think, um, for those guys. Um, you know, he works great, or works hard, and and gets all these opportunities. Would love to see one of them fall, but it just didn't happen. Uh, I think the worst part of this game was that in our own zone, the Caps got bullied a lot. Uh, the Canes are of an aggressive forecheck. We know that this is their that's their identity. There, they're going to get it pucks deep on you, and they're going to use their speed to their advantage and beat you to pucks and beat you up for them as well. Uh, but it's 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 painful to watch your team get absolutely dummied on a fucking dump in. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a fifty fifty puck, and you lose eighty percent of them. Can't be that's, doing that. Yeah, a little bit embarrassing. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's a 
that those type of games and those types of plays are what fuels the Caps are washed in slow narrative. That's for sure. At, yeah. at the end of this game, though, I was like, there's no way this team makes the playoffs. And unless they add a bona fide top tier score and with each like dog fucking performance like this one is another reason why the management in Brian McClellan won't make that move. And can you really blame him in the business side of things? Uh, we're almost dead last in the league in average goals per game played. I understand that like, you know, but from, from a GM's perspective, will one guy fix that? That's a pretty tough case to make. And then the worst part is that the Washington Capitals have zero leverage right now for on the trade market. They, they can't, they can't buy leverage at this point. You know, we've got no one to send out that we want to send out that won't make the team exponentially worse. So basically we would have to send out guys like, you know, in a best case scenario, like maybe like a Mantha and like a koozie plus like two first round picks. And then maybe we get like a 25 goal center, 50 point guy. That's the type of return that I would see coming back for that type of move. Two firsts or a first and a second. Yeah. We're definitely not going to get, you know, a Wayne Gretzky break. Right. Like nobody, we're not, I, I, don't, I don't believe, I mean, I'm sure we're in the mix on some high profile guys, but like, I feel like for the amount of sacrifices that the Caps would have to make on their team today to get something that would actually make them better on the trade wire, wire it would have to be like a Connor McDavid level player like a top 10 in the NHL. Yeah. That. Yeah. And, and no way the caps are getting that. Right. And there's no way that we'll make it fit with the money. You know, we'd have to move a piece like John Carlson or something like a big money. Kuznetsov would be great, but nobody's going to take Kuznetsov without retain retention of salary cap, dude. Uh, it's just, that's just how it's going to be, man. I, I, so we're cooked in that aspect. Um, I'm sure McClellan's doing all he can, though, but um, I don't blame him. You know, after a performance like that, and if we have a couple more of those down the stretch post-All-Star break, I would not blame Brian McClellan for saying, like, you just don't have the team. You know, you just don't have it. It's just, you know, pack it in. Let's get a good draft pick, and let's regroup for next year. He's shown that he will do that. Last season, I think, was a big wake-up call for a lot of Caps fans and the team. Yeah. I mean, last year he... He was like, well, we'll try again next year. Yeah. He was like, I'll be in the Mediterranean sailing around. <laughs> I don't know. He's, <laughs> I'm going on vacation. You guys fucking suck. And I can't, I can't blame him. Uh, this marks the first time the Caps lost a game after they led after two periods. It honestly seems like dumb luck. That's a dumb luck stat. In any case, they didn't, they did it in extraordinary fashion. M- so that ultimately was a six to two loss. Moving on though, LA tonight, as we're recording, uh, came to DC. Like we'd said, this is a long homestand, five game homestand for the Washington Capitals here. And, uh, you know, in the, in the beginning, Polly, I didn't get to watch the first, uh, the, the first period. What, what did they look like? I heard it was good. Well, 
Yeah. They, um, you know, Kemper had quite a few big saves in the beginning. I know the shot total was like five to three in favor of LA. And, uh, if not all five, a couple of those were very, very good opportunities for the Kings. Um, Kemper really, if, if Kemper didn't have the first 10 minutes that he had, this game would have gone very, very differently. Um, and, you know, just more to that, the Caps were gifting the Kings these chances. Like, it, not good breakouts, some turnovers. Um, so shout out the Kemps for the, the great start. Yeah. Uh, Ovi, Ovi had a few good looks at the beginning, but couldn't make anything happen. Stromer had a look with just under two left, no dice, scoreless after one. Trading chances, the Caps started to get together towards the end there. Um, all in all, pretty even period. Then four minutes into the second, fourth line finisher, Dowd. Let's go. Buried a noise, noise backhand. That was so nice. Um, but then not much longer later, 1248, uh, into the, or 1248 on the clock during, uh, an Ethan Bear penalty, which I thought was kind of a bad play by him. Kempe evened it up. Uh, then Edmonton took a retaliation penalty on the following face-off. <laughs> uh, you know, lack of discipline. Probably a little iffy by the refs, I'd say. I mean, he kind of uh, threw but... a punch at his chest. You know, it's... it's. It went... It, I just feel like when you... It's a rule of threes, right? So if you go and cross-check somebody in the back... And then they turn and cross check you, and then you go back at them and punch them. You're gonna get caught. Yeah, right. You got the initial one in. He got even, and then you took it. You escalated it. You're gonna get caught. Also, if you the the a retaliation is always gonna be called as well, right? So this is, refs who aren't trying to fuck around with some bullshit on any given night are going to call that right so if you take like a bit of a slash or a bit of a stumble trip and you turn around and you slash a guy you're going to get called that's you know the the play is gone at that point that's not hockey anymore you know not to say that the first one was totally but it was closer to hockey than just getting thrown a fit and turn around and fucking hitting somebody right um the Caps at this point, though, after this, were absolutely getting buried and then let up a Fiala goal on a breakdown, a defensive breakdown, as, as he cleaned up a rebound on a shot that was slowed down by the D. I mean, it was a, a decent initial save because it, it slowed down, changed a little bit of direction. Would have liked to see Kemper have that or at least put that rebound a little bit wider, though he was in a tough spot. But ultimately, all you need your goalie to do, all a good NHL team should need their goalie to do, is stop the first shot. After that, it's on the D to clean up rebounds, man, and block their guys out, box them out. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's a, it's a, you're taught from a little kid. Goalie is the first shot. And then, you know, after that, and that's why in the Mighty Ducks, they do the D3, taking out the trash scene. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess the show's devolved into, into referencing Mighty Ducks, but hey, you know, that's what we're here for. Uh, you know, 
so yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of a defensive breakdown there. I think is more than than Kemper. I think that's more on the D than the Kemp, than Kemper. Uh, thank God though, Strong ties it up with a nice give and go with Ovi after Pierre Luc Dubois turned the puck over to to Max Pacioretty, and then Pacioretty got it to Strom, who dished to Ovi, and then Ovi immediately went back to Strom for the finish on the mini two one zero. That's a skilled play, baby. I love to see that, and that's Patch's first point. With the Washington Capitals, he got the game puck. Uh, love to see it. You know, this is a guy who hasn't played hockey in over in a year, uh, almost a calendar year, and comes in. Yeah, was he given a bit of a gift by Pierre-Luc Dubois, who kind of biffed the clear? Absolutely. But being there, getting a stick in, and then having the wherewithal to gather that puck and dish it to Strom for the finish, great. I love it. Yeah. It was beauty. Yep. Um, at the end of the second, though, Marin Faviari took a clean but awkward hit and had to go down the tunnel. Looked like uh, he was favoring his, I said left, but I think it's his right, his right, his right shoulder had him slumped over and, and did not look good at all. I'm not sure if there was an injury update or if he came back. Paulie, do you know anything about that? No, I don't. And, of course, the shitty NHL app is not going to tell me his, uh, oh, here we go, nope. No box score. Great. Sick, dude. Fucking shitty ass. NHL app. Um, I if, if That one looked bad. Looked like he might be out for an extended period of time, though. I hope he's going to be okay. I didn't notice him coming back. He may have. Uh, the Caps did have a couple chances at the start of the third, but McMichael took a high stick penalty, and the Kings immediately buried off a faceoff that the Caps actually won. You know, Byfield here cuts the pass off behind the net. The play went... To the D, the D went and tried to go D to D behind the net. Was not the play. Should have just launched it and iced it. But uh, they wanted a, a good good look out and didn't get it. Byfield went straight to Fiala, who walked in alone from behind the net and backhanded his 10th of the year past Kemper. Uh, the puck was on edge and went far side on Kemper. Of course, I would have loved to see Kemper have that, but power play... And he was literally, like, Fiala was completely alone. There was nobody there to help. Yeah. So yeah, I can't give that, that all to him. Nah, that's not on Kim's. No. Luckily, though, Nicholas Abbe-Kubel on the fourth line never says die and rips one as he cross, crosses the blue line to even it up. I mean, what a move and a shot. Pass the Cross the blue line, little stall play, little stutter step play, drag the puck inside, and then on his forehand just pushes it out and then shoots it around the defender and low and away in between the pad and, and the uh, blocker. Incredible shot. And that's the second fourth line goal of the night. Love to see it. Yeah. I mean, that looked like a 25, 30 goal per year guy type goal. It was uh, his beauty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the goal scorer's goal. Um and at this point, yay, the Caps have eclipsed their average goals per game for the year with three, with a miserable three. Uh, less than a minute left, though. Uh, the fourth line then again went to work off a few great consecutive shifts by the Caps. You know, the Caps, at this point, were not interested in playing for overtime, which I appreciate. They wanted the two points in regulation, and they, they were going to get them. They entered the zone and got uh, got the puck to John Carlson, who snapped one through the legs of Donato, and then off a body or two, I'm not sure, into the net for the win. I thought this was a really gutsy, hard-fought win by the Caps here. You know, quality stuff. The, the Kings were uh, 
on one as well. You know, this is a team that's slumping, had, I believe, four losses previous to this. We just handed them their fives, their fifth. Um, and uh, I thought that the Kings matched our energy. They ended up pumping a total of 40 shots on net. The Caps also had a high shot volume in their own right, putting 34 shots on net, which is great. Um, but 40 shots on net, I, I think that you could say Kemper has been doing a, did a really great job here, and the defense really supported him despite, you know, a couple, you know, mm, questionable penalties that they probably shouldn't have taken. The Caps end up coming out on top. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, gutsy, uh, hard-fought win is the perfect way to describe this game. You know, the, unlike the previous game when, when things went down and not their way, they got it back together and kept this thing close and scored when they needed to. This was, um, haven't seen enough of this, I don't think, this season, and hopefully this is going to get them going. Yeah, as far as the result, definitely not. Um, well, somewhat. I mean, I think that the Washington Capitals have always put in a good effort uh, this season. I think that Spencer Carver has done a really good job motivating the guys and getting them on their horse. It's just, you know, execution, player-to-player, uh, actual talent maybe, or, or at least, you know, trying to do what Carberry asks, which again, I'll be talking about on the Hockey Troll Hip Check on Thursday. So tune in then to hear a little bit more of, a, of kind of a, uh, I guess, a critique on Carberry's systems up to this point. But, you know, I mean, uh, I, this, is, this was a good gutsy win. The Kings are a good team. I believe securely still in a playoff spot, um, though this slide probably has them uh, reeling a bit. I'll double check that right now. But yeah, the Kings are third in their division. They could be overtaken by Nat, uh, by um, you know any of the other teams here. I mean, Nashville's got forty five points. Edmonton's got forty one. But it's the West. Anything can happen. Um, but either way, this is you know a team that's got high aspirations and, and thinks that they have uh, a, probably a team that people are sleeping on, and I would agree. Um, I think that they're struggling a little bit with goaltending. I mean, they've got Cam Talbot in there starting uh, against yeah. the Washington Capitals. Not not an ideal. Not to say that Cam Talbot's an ab- absolute uh, scrub, but you know, I think that they would rather have a very hot Phoenix Copley who was really trying to break out of his shell last season and, and translate that to this season. Um Ultimately, a well-played game. It came down to the wire, and you know what? You know, I think that, unfortunately, a game like this may fuel the whole narrative that we talked about last week about, oh, the king, the, the Caps either show up or they don't, right? And they either are great or they shit the bed. I don't think this is a flawless game by the Washington Capitals by any means. That's why it's a gutsy win. They had to really dig deep. They, had, they put themselves in a hole, and they fucked up quite a bit. Um with penalty trouble, with poor execution, with a couple turnovers. It's just that the Kings had more and we were in the right position at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, maybe uh, got lucky and the, the Kings decided to be the Caps tonight and play at our level. <laughs> right, right. Because I think that the offense and the defense were playing at at the same level here for the for the Washington Capitals, along with the goaltending. So, I like it. You know, we were all in tune and at a high level, uh, the Kings decided to, you know, take one, take one from us. It was a come behind victory, uh, at the end of the day. So, Hey, 
Good stuff. Um, let's get on to our predictions. <laughs> Ovi goals, zero. I said he'd have two. You said he'd have three. I think that's a clear win for me. Well, you're at least less wrong. <laughs> All right. I'll settle with that. I'll settle with that. Um, the record was one and one. I said two and oh. I was really high on the caps. I thought that we were going to win against Carolina. That was shoved immediately up my hoop. Uh, you had said they went 1-0-1, so you were slightly more optimistic than the actual result. You know, I guess I'll give you the less wrong moniker here. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag less wrong. (laughs) Yeah, less wrong. So what I've learned from this is that I need to continue to do reverse karma every week. Well, yeah, I guess so. And be negative. Be super pessimistic in my predictions. Um, yeah. Speaking about the Kings game, we're glad that Spencer Carberry has, has been listening to us and only us uh, when it comes to increasing shot volume. It's the highest amount of shots that the Washington Capitals have been able to pump on net in a long time. Over 30 shots, you know, this is a good thing. And I think that, you know, maybe somebody on the analytics team should say like, hey, well, if the Washington Capitals can shoot more than 30 shots on net, what are the results? Is it more than two goals? Then let's do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Let's do that. Uh, again, I realize that's a very low bar to stumble over. But, Jesus, I mean, I just think that the Washington Capitals need a little bit more opportunity here. Um, give themselves opportunity. Let fate decide or let a odd bounce decide uh, their fate a little bit. You know, uh, some guy uh, – largely known as a fraud has said that you, sh- you miss hundred percent of the, ch- the shots you don't take <laughs> never. I mean, I forget his name, but you know, <laughs> some guy, uh, anyways, next week we've got on the 11th, the crack invert at 7 PM and then another back to back. But this time there's a wrinkle, a matinee home and home series against the New York Rangers. Again, a he- this is a huge series for the standings. This has playoff implications. If we drop both of these games, uh, it will matter in, in the playoffs when it comes down to it. The uh, New York Rangers here are leading the division. So it's not it's not like it's a back-to-back with Philly or, or the Islanders or the Penguins or New Jersey. But this is definitely something you know that gives us a little insurance if we take both games. That really gives us a tiebreaker if the Rangers decide to shit the bed, which it doesn't look like they're going to do. But anything's possible. This is the NHL. This is hockey. Hockey, you never know what kind of injuries could come down the pipe. Um, I'm saying that the Washington Capitals are going to go one and two. I think they're going to drop both games to New York. Yikes. Remember, this is very pessimistic reverse karma hockey troll. This is on brand for a hockey troll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to say 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Okay. Of course. Polly's, in, Polly's scapegoat is the fucking loser point. Like, you love the loser point. I would say more often than not, you rely on the loser point. It happens more. It's true. Okay. Especially with the Washington Capitals. But, all right. So then which, what are, tell me the games. Tell me the games that, uh. Uh, I think they will split with New York and lose to Seattle in overtime. 
Woof. All right. All right. Okay. Well, Ovi goals. None. He's not going to score ever again. <laughs> I got two. All right. Another thing that we need to watch Ovi on is that he had that stinger there against Carolina. His yeah. fuckhead Jordan Stahl fell on him. Yeah, but, you know, he played the Sunday game, even though he was day-to-day, so that's good to know or good to see. Yeah, and he had some shots, so, you know, Russian machine never breaks, and I hope that that really remains true here. Um, Caps fans, like we'd said, Thursday episode, I'm going to be talking about Spencer Carberry's systems and his coaching. You know, is he the right coach for the Washington Capitals? You know, I think that there's been a lot of hype around him. Uh, Is it warranted, at least in our eyes, two fucking losers who have a podcast? Uh, or at least one. I won't speak for Polly, but snack time with Polly Cupcakes. What's it going to be about? World Juniors and USA's domination. Yeah, we're going to go into a deep dive there, huh? Well, no, just, we're going to just you know, we'll recap. Celebrate you. Yeah, yeah, we're going to a bit of a recap of the whole tournament. Just say yes, Polly. Fuck. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be a very. Scholastic deep dive that all the academic world will be paying attention to. There's going to be sources cited. We're going to be bringing in guests who have PhDs to talk all about this. Yep. Just kidding. We won't. It'll just be us. But hopefully, Caps fans, you think that that's good enough to tune into. Um, thanks for listening to us on this Monday's episode. You know, hopefully, the Washington Capitals can can figure it out, get back on the winning side of things. They are. Currently on the first spot outside looking in to a playoff spot. Let's hope that they let's hope that they get there. Until Thursday. Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You follow me. Polly Cupcakes at Polly underscore Cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out or we're not friends anymore.